Welcome to the Precision Medicine Podcast, sponsored by Trapello. This is the podcast where experts come to discuss the problems oncologists, reference labs, and payers face as precision medicine grows and consider solutions for advancing the quality of patient-centered cancer care. Be sure to subscribe at precisionmedicinepodcast.com to get the latest episodes delivered straight to your inbox. Welcome to another episode of the Precision Medicine Podcast. And today we have Mr. Chet Burrell, former president and CEO of Care First Blue Cross Blue Shield. Chet, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Our subject matter on the podcast is addressing the challenges associated with the scale and access to precision medicine. But, you know, we have predominantly approached this topic from the perspective of the clinician. So we are, we are, we're very much, um, you know, privileged to have you on. So I, I guess I should start with the first question is what are the biggest challenges and concerns payers are facing as precision medicine is more widely accepted and grows, but also, why is it important for them to look for potential solutions now? Well, I think the first thing I would say is that the uh, explosion of knowledge in the precision medicine field is very, very difficult uh, for anyone to keep up with, but that's certainly true of payers. And so the first challenge, I think, is what are valid new developments in the field and how does one know that? what markers might be, genetic markers, might be applicable to a particular type of cancer that is constantly changing. So just from a testing point of view, that's very challenging. The second thing is that the testing itself, there are thousands of hybrids of tests. So it is very difficult for a payer to know in any particular case what is appropriate. These tests, because they are specialized, create the second challenge, which is the tests are very expensive and getting more so. And then the third challenge is what treatments, usually drugs, apply to what you find once you do the tests. And th that is changing dramatically as well. So I think payers look at it from the standpoint of saying precision medicine seems to offer great hope for tailored treatments that are more effective. But how do you know that the tests that are being conducted are appropriate and that the treatments that are connected to the outcome of those tests are effective? And I think from a payer's point of view, this went from over five years, say the last five years, from a relatively small part of coverage and liability to a rapidly growing part of coverage and liability. And their concern is, how do we keep up with all of that? Yeah. You know, I want to I dive into that really quickly because you said effective. And we know that when you're talking to a clinician versus a payer versus a patient even, um, effective might be a, a, a relative term and how it's defined. Last week when we spoke, you, you really articulated something that really blew my mind. And I'm going to try my best to really paint this picture for the listeners out there. But from a payer perspective, you talked about um, how we afford, you know, healthcare. And the picture that you drew for us was of a pyramid. 
And basically, the have the top 10% of that pyramid representing acutely ill patients uh, or, or, or patients on the top 10% being uh, sicker patients represented half of all healthcare spending. You went on to say that the top 2 to 3% that you called acutely ill accounted for 30 to 40% of healthcare spending. And, you know, when you really look at those numbers, it's mind-blowing. So we, there is a study that is ongoing right now that's called the Beacon Study. It's a phase three study, which is looking at a chemo-free therapy option for certain patients with metastatic colorectal cancer. Um, the, some results were recently presented at the World Conference on Gastrointestinal Cancer for patients who progressed on one or two previous treatments. Uh, And they were looking specifically at BRAF V600E patients. Now, I just wanna, for the listeners, I just wanna put some context on this. This is a triplet targeted therapy. And the results are are fantastic. These these patients um, would typically have a 2% response rate on what would be a standard therapy for that particular patient population. Uh, on chemotherapy, standard chemo. But the results of the triplet saw a 48% improvement in overall survival versus standard chemo. Um, And it also improved progression-free survival by 62%. And when we look at that in terms of actual real time, it was 3.0 or 4.3 months versus 1.5 months of the group on chemotherapy. So three months so when we say effective, you know, the, it's noted that the cost could be enormous for this treatment, but this is being hailed as a new standard. How do payers view this dilemma of cost over benefit in this type of scenario? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. The, um, the effect of many of the new treatments tailored to the individual molecular or genetic profile of an individual can prolong life and do prolong life, often at the cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars for that patient. Now, if that's you, then obviously you want the treatment. But that treatment cost is socialized, is spread across all other uh, beneficiaries of an insurer. And so if you think that the average premium is $500 a month approximately in most markets for standard coverage, and you're spreading hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cost across everyone else, what happens is that the, uh, the sheer burden of that cost has by itself, even though it's only a small number of patients, um, dramatic effects on premium because premium is designed essentially to cost a tiny portion for administrative cost and a large portion for actual claims costs. And one of the reasons why the two to three percent of patients that are so critically ill, many of whom have cancer, another portion of which have heart disease and other uh, other illnesses, but a very substantial portion of the 2 to 3% are various forms of cancer. This becomes incredibly expensive. And what we're finding is that the drug costs alone, put aside physician costs and all other treatment costs, 
drug costs alone have risen to become a third of all costs and rapidly rising. And so the bottom line here is the treatment can be effective in the sense that it improves the quality of life and it extends life, but it does so at great societal cost. <laughs> and at what point does that become unsupportable? If you're a payer, you're very either reluctant or legally precluded from excluding a promising treatment. That is the last thing that one would want to do. And um, yet you have to cover these costs. And the only way to do it is to cover it in premium. Yeah. And so it's a challenge. Yeah. You know, one of the- I would just add one other thing to that. Therefore, what can you do? The thing that you can do is to assure that the tests that were run are actionable, are the right tests, would produce valid results in terms of what markers, cancer markers are involved, molecular markers are involved. And then the right treatments were connected to the results of those tests. That's what a payer can do, um, as opposed to exclude coverage or block coverage, which you know, in, in the vast majority of cases, insurers do not, or uh, carriers do not want to do. Yeah. I think uh, it's important to, to put a stamp on this. Um, you know, they're looking at BRAF V600E positive patients, but there is also a MEK inhibitor and an EGFR inhibitor. And in the study protocol, the patients did not have to be tested for MEK or EGFR. So it'll be interesting to see how those groups divide out and what uh, the data continues to show about those particular patients who were tested for all three markers. One of the other problems uh, that we here at Trapello seek to eliminate in the marketplace is the burden of prior authorization. And we hear this a lot from the clinician, but as I understand it, it's also a, an issue for payers. Many physicians and administrators at various conferences have mentioned the need for automation to make precision medicine a routine clinical practice, not just for the decision support on what markers should be tested when for which patients, but specifically the burden of prior authorization. And I found this data um, chat from Healthpayer Intelligence, and it was a survey, survey from the American Medical Association that said 78% of providers reported that long prior authorization processes are linked to patients abandoning their treatments. And providers also surveyed, reported that it takes an average of 14 and a half hours to complete these requests, which is the, the equivalent of two business days. So, you know, automation, uh, they say, is something that's needed to kind of buy back that time. But it would seem that automation is also needed for payers. What are some of your ideas on how payers can automate the approval of testing and uh, access to these therapies when used appropriately? Well, clearly the prior auth process is cumbersome and time consuming and expensive for both the provider and the payer. Um, there's often a struggle by the payer to understand with the provider involved, why did you order or what tests did you order uh, for this particular patient? Why did you order them? 
what would you do with the result when you got it back? How is it going to affect your treatment? Is it appropriate given the circumstances? And there is a back and forth that goes on almost case by case, which is very, very laborious. Meanwhile, the patient is waiting to see whether they can get the treatment. Some of these treatments are so new they are considered experimental. Mm -hmm. They do not have proven efficacy. And yet the physician may believe that this is critical for the health of the patient and tells the patient that. And then the patient demands that they get the treatment. So that's very, very difficult uh, for a payer to deal with, especially when the costs involved are enormous relative to other um, options. And so what, uh, what is particularly attractive about Trapello is that it has at the fingertips of the physician, uh, given the cancer, the stage of cancer, and other factors about the patient, here, based on current literature and scientific evidence, are the tests that you should use. If you use those tests, and you do so through qualified labs who can actually render the result of those tests, and then you link to the result the evidence-based treatment. From the standpoint of the payer, if the payer knew that that was being consistently done, I believe that most payers would find that to be exactly what they are looking for. Mm -hmm. And so you can automate that. Here are the tests that I intend to, to conduct. Here's why they are valid. And here's the result of those tests, how I will treat the patient uh, based on the evidence. And if there's a record established of that by the oncologist uh, that, the, that the payer can see, and that's all evident in Trapello, then I don't have to, as a payer, approve every single uh, test and every single treatment. It is only the exceptions that I would have to look at. And that greatly accelerates the process for all parties involved, the provider, the payer, and the patient. And that, I believe, is the essential hope and value that Trapello offers, that I am not aware of any other solution of its type in the market. Fantastic. Thank you for that feedback. And, you know, I, Chet, I know I can talk to you for a while about this, but we'll get you out of here on this. And we were talking about automation. It points to technology. As we look over the landscape of oncology, you know, how can we use, how can the, let me say that again. As we look over the landscape of technology, how can the use of technology help payers manage the growth of precision oncology and provide better member care and potentially lower cost? Well, I think the essential way that that can be done is very much what Trapello is already doing. Let me describe it this way. There are something in the order of tens of thousands of diagnostic tests, molecular genetic tests that could be run. How does one keep track of all of that? How does one know that? Even if you're an oncologist, that's very difficult to keep up with. 
there are also combinations of genetic markers, not just a single marker, but we're learning that there are combinations of markers that are critical to understand in certain cases. Then you need to understand which markers are actionable. It's one thing to know a marker, but that doesn't mean that there is a treatment applicable to it or some combination of markers. And so what Trapello does, which is the essence of where the technology assist is, is so valuable, is first it gathers all evidence based on basis of what supports a particular test or set of tests in a particular patient's case. It then links, based on the latest evidence, the treatments that are available, ranked in order of effectiveness. It puts those key pieces of information at the fingertips of the oncologist with a single sign-on onto the, the system that is the underlying electronic medical record system that they use. So you put in, as I said, a few pieces of information about the patient and out comes this incredibly valuable, very current uh, profile of what's available to you in terms of marker testing and in terms of treatments. Um, And it keeps up to date. It is constantly updated. So you have confidence that you're testing correctly and that you're ordering treatments correctly based on the latest scientific evidence. Without the technology that that is on the desktop, it is almost unthinkable to do this. It's impossible to do it uh, anywhere near as well. And because that's true, from a payer's point of view, it gives a basis, it gives a credibility, if you will, to saying if an oncologist were to use this, then I, the payer, have confidence that you have done everything you can to keep up with the evidence basis of both testing and treatment. And that's exactly what the payer is looking for. So the technology enables it. It holds a huge amount of data available for use on demand 24-7, available within seconds of the decision-making process. Without that technology, that's unthinkable. Wow. That's the essence of the value. Well, I appreciate this fresh perspective because, you know, in many conversations that we have, and I, and I guess that's just kind of the nature of the beast, the, the payer has seen in many cases the villain, but in essence suffers from the same challenges. Well, and, and I think from the payer's point of view, there's one thing that I think people tend to um, forget perhaps when especially when you need the service. When you need the service, you want the service, whatever the treatment might be. And that is completely understandable and appropriate. Uh, The payer faces another challenge beyond making sure that you get what you need, which is how do they hold premiums at affordable levels? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that if you sat where a payer sits in between, if you will, the buyer and the provider, um, what you hear from the buyer, whether that's an employer or an individual, is I can no longer afford uh, premiums. 
or the equivalent of premium. It has be- reached the point of unaffordability. It's not just what I pay in premium. It is what I pay out of pocket through deductibles and co-payments and, and co-insurance. It's reached levels that are flat out unaffordable for many people and including employers. Other than salary and compensation, health benefits are the single greatest operating expense of most employers. So they're screaming about the affordability of it. And so payers are in the middle of that, hearing on the one side that it's unaffordable and hearing on the other, I absolutely need this treatment and don't I have coverage for it? And so what payers try to do in a very uncomfortable way is reconcile those competing demands. Let me put it this way. The analogy I would give is uh, to, to climate. Too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere warms to the point where it ultimately makes climate unaffordable. Too much cost in healthcare makes healthcare inaccessible. <laughs> and nothing so threatens quality or accessibility to healthcare as the cost of healthcare. And that is why payers are so concerned about whether you ordered the right test or whether you provided the right treatment and made the right treatment decision, meaning what drug to apply. And as the oncology field explodes based on increased molecular understanding and genetic understanding of what causes what and what treatments might be effective, and the, and the solutions are in, often in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Treatment cost often is, you know, five years ago, $80,000 for a course of treatment. Now it's 150000 and rapidly increasing. You would think there would be concern over, is this the right test and is this the right treatment? Yeah. That's why I think the Trabello solution is so attractive to both the provider and to the payer. And hopefully the result is causes the patient to get what they need uh, more accurately and more promptly. Well, we certainly appreciate your insights. Mr. Chad Burrell, former president and CEO of Care First Blue Cross Blue Shield. Well, Chad, I say former, but, but I mean, with these innovative solutions, I mean, you're, you're not far out of the game. You sure you're going to be able to stay retired? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is our privilege. Yeah. Well, it is our privilege. You have a lot of value and a lot of tremendously innovative ideas uh, for the space. So we value you and thank you for being a guest on the Precision Medicine Podcast. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Precision Medicine Podcast, sponsored by Trapello. Trapello is the first clinical decision support tool to align the interests of oncologists, labs, and payers to give patients the best chance at beating cancer. To learn more, visit gettrapello.com. To subscribe to the podcast or download transcripts of any episode, visit precisionmedicinepodcast.com. We invite you to join the conversation on social media. You can find us on Twitter at PMP by Trapello or on LinkedIn at the Intervention Insights company page. If you know someone who would enjoy the Precision Medicine Podcast, please share it. They'll thank you, and so will we. We hope you'll tune in for the next episode.